earbuds. What's going on? It's another episode of the the greatest music podcast in the world. What's up, Mark? Not much. Ready for a special episode. Oh, the most special. Uh, We are going to discuss our top 10 favorite albums of the last decade, so 2010 through 2019. Um, Big caveat, our personal favorites, not the best. We're not uh, music uh, critics. Yeah, I just kind of like background on what I did. This was really difficult, and I think I got a list that I like and is true to me. I didn't really like chase all the prestigious albums because then I think a lot of the top 10 lists do start to look pretty similar. Uh, But this probably could be very different looking if I did it, you know, a week from now or a month from now but this is what i have now uh so yeah and i think that's also something worth noting is uh a very interesting decade in our lives the decade started we graduated high school the yeah. first part of the decade we're in college you know having a lot of new experiences um and then the last the latter half of this decade was being a independent adult for the first time so like a lot of there's just like a lot that happened over the last decade and my music taste has drastically changed like when i was in college i just chased the top 40 charts like actually listening to music was not a hobby until you and i lived together once we moved out of like moved out of college and started our jobs Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like a lot of i feel like that's on my list is just i noticed there's a lot of stuff just from the last couple of years that i've been like Damn, like, I don't, I've, I've really only liked things the last five years, maybe. Yeah, like, the way I listened to music kind of and digested it, I guess, early on, it was very different than now. Um, but at the same time, some of that those albums that released back then have heavy nostalgia attached to it, so. Extreme nostalgia, which I'm sure we'll get into as we yeah. go through the list, so. Why don't we just dive into it? We're going to do 10 through 1, starting up at the 10th spot. Uh, and I think maybe we just each go and then talk about the album that's up. And if uh, if it's going to come up later on your own list, feel free to yeah, say your piece works. now or later. Uh, why don't you, you go first? Kick it off. All right. So my number 10 is Teens of Denial by Car Seat Headrest. Wow, that is a shocker. <laughs> I think it's like it's a very well done album that uh, most importantly just rips, but you can sort of dig into the lyrics and it's a very well crafted balance of humor and introspection and vulnerability that Will Toledo shows off. Um. And I guess another thing I forgot to mention earlier, some of these, like, seeing live really influences how I feel about them, and Car Seat Headrest rips live. Like, so some of these songs just rock and just, like, sit that much higher in my head re-listening to the album. But I I love this album. I think that's a a good point. Seeing this album live uh, with you at Talia Hall here in Chicago was a very, very cool live uh, experience. 
yeah, like these guys jam out on songs and extend certain portions and switch things up. So that gives it, it, it like it's cool going back to the studio album after that and hearing like it's very it, yeah it provides like a cool uh perspective on the album itself yeah totally agree with you i i was not expecting that much indie right off the bat though oh, people well, are gonna my, have to go look up who the hell car seat headrest yeah, is my off the cuff list had uh before I really thought about it, it had number ten was Slime Season Three. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah! It's like there's probably like an album or two that deserves this spot a little more. But that rocks. Uh, I did not do any version of this list that was just off the top of my head. I kind of used uh, some prompts of like looking at the Grammy winners and then like the top charts at the end of the year, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I did off the cuff and then kind of googled and looked at a couple of other lists to you know prod my brain a little bit and i was like oh yeah i'm <laughs> missing a few um slime season three would definitely be a uh top 50 for sure yeah and is 25 a, maybe i don't know honorable mention that's yeah. that's what i was trying to say all right my number 10 is post by jeff rosenstock all right um, that was also close for me yeah, I think this album just uh, entered a very important time uh, in one my life, our lives, politics, uh, my interest in punk music, also just seeing a person live. It's like all of these things mashed together to kind of create a very memorable uh, album experience. Um, and it, it's very quick. We've talked about it plenty on other episodes mm-hmm. of like, I think it came out in 2017, and it was definitely on our top four or five of that, of that year. Um, only the last year? Yeah, I think it was January. Yeah, I think 18th. that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, this album just, just absolutely shreds. Jeff Rosenstock is amazing. So, number 10 for me. All right. I, yeah, that album rocks. So, number nine is a little also a little different i didn't see it on any list um cancer for a cure by lp it was his um last project he dropped before um forming run the jewels with killer mike and it kind of so that came out i should have wrote down the release here so let me google that real quick uh that came out in 2012 so that's when I kind of really started kind of digging into hip-hop that wasn't necessarily on the radio and stuff um it's a really cool album that's very like industrial and doesn't necessarily sound like run the jewels um but he's still a very good rapper and phenomenal lyricist on there there's one track that um for my neighbor upstairs is called and it's very interestingly written and tells a very uh good story i guess not cool what's it called you cut out there oh for my upstairs neighbor got it very good storytelling song uh this album also introduced me to danny brown uh that's big Squire and despot in addition, it has the prototype for Run the Jewels because there's a 
Killer Mike feature on there, which was like instantly my favorite song off the album. Um, and then they announced afterwards that they were forming like a group together. So there's a lot of, I don't know if you would call it sentimentality, but a lot of kind of stuff on the side tied up there. And it's, yeah, it's just a very good album. All right. I have literally never heard of it. <laughs> so I will, I'll probably go check it out. I didn't listen to any like Killer Mike or LP solo projects really uh, at all ever. So Yeah, so just not to dote on it too long, but he, he released that. Um, then he produced Killer Mike's next solo album. And then they released Rub the Jewels together. So okay. it's kind of like an interesting lead up to that. Yeah, kind of like a segue or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. All right, number nine, LP. Uh, my number nine is Nothing Was the Same by Drake. Had to include some nice. Drake on here. Um, I that. It was hard to pick uh, one album, I guess. Not that I had to pick one album, but, you know, if you have top 10 favorites of the whole decade it's yeah. hard to put two people two albums from the same person on here whatever uh this album i think just bangs this came out uh late in our college career the uh singles are just so great started from the bottom is a very fun party song hold on we're going home is just an absolute ballad it slaps all me with two chains is like one of my favorite two chains uh features of all time um, when he talks about going through a metal detector uh one of the greatest uh then the language too much worst behavior and wu-tang forever i think are insane um so i i just i really really love this version of drake and this album just encap- like, captures everything so had to include my boy uh yeah that's definitely my favorite drake album and i just got it on vinyl uh not too long ago and it it really is a great experience. I love it. It's a, it's a good album. And that was before we knew that Drake was kind of like a little bit creepy. <laughs> you know, like back then he was just like this gentle. Gee, everybody liked Drake. Everyone loved Drake. Now he's got some drama on his hands, but at the time, uh, yeah, easy to get on board. All right, number eight. My number eight. Um... Feel free to jump in here or wait on it. Channel Orange. Uh, I don't really have a ton to say on it because I'm not like super into the R&B scene or anything, but this album definitely made me appreciate that genre more. And just front to back, fantastic. Uh, Just like amazing songwriting. He's super talented, and I think Pyramids is like probably I I don't know this, something about that song is just like so cool to me. It's like very futuristic sounding and ten minutes long, and just doesn't feel stale. It doesn't feel stale at all. So um, it is coming up later for me in this ranking, um, and I'll maybe just say my two cents now. Uh, I've always loved R&B, uh, and I'd never heard of Frank Ocean. I mean, he definitely was new to the scene when this came out. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget watching the Grammys when this album was nominated. 
Uh, it was like my first time I remember actually watching the Grammys, and he did Forrest mm-hmm. Gump, and I was just like, damn, this is amazing. This guy is so incredibly talented. And then I went back to listen to the whole album, and it's one of my favorites of all time for sure. Um, it's just got so many great songs. Um, yeah, that's really all I got. Yeah, not to spoil the remainder of my list, but I I am strongly in the camp that prefers Channel Orange over Blonde. I am as well. So Blonde did not make it for me. Yeah. And it's definitely like I don't think like Blonde a... is bad by any means, but... No, no. I think Channel Orange is way more consistent. Yeah, and Blonde is a little bit... Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's less digestible. There's like a lot, a lot on that yes. album. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not on my list. Definitely an honorable mention though. Okay, number eight for me uh, would be Yeezus by Kanye. Um, at the first, the first couple times listening to this back when it was released, I did not like it, and since it's come out. This is one of those albums that I consistently keep downloaded on my phone and probably come back to a couple times every month to listen to front to back. It's very digestible. It's such a unique sound from when it was released. Even now, it just like stands out as something that's totally unique. And people have tried to mimic it and use pieces of it. Uh, and he's kind of kept some of the sounds throughout his most recent projects. You can hear some uses, but... Um, I really do love this album and think it's just like a very interesting part in like the Kanye discography. And as I've come to enjoy listening to music, not, I mean, I guess critiquing it is fine. Critiquing music and like listening for uniqueness and people kind of being bold. This album to me is just like way up there. Uh, yeah, it's on my list too. So I'll say what I want to say now. Uh, I guess an album that has black skinhead, new slaves, blood on the leaves, just alone, has to be up there, and the rest are also just as good. Bound Two is an all-time, all-time, like all-time of that like chipmunk soul, Kanye. Even though it it follows up uh, a very different Kanye sound, that. Yeah, like you said, some of it, it's interesting how some of that pops up on his later albums. Um, This, to me, is kind of his last cohesive album, I would say. Where he has a sound, well, I guess, uh, Jesus is King. Uh, Yeah, I mean, let's not count that. But cohesive and good. this is his last good album, in my opinion. I think Pablo's too messy. There's some highlights, but... Ooh, highlights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this album is harsh, yet satisfying. And it just There's has a... an artistic vision behind it. Yep. That doesn't seem cynical, I would say. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love this album. Number eight on my list. All right, number seven for you. So then, uh, seven is Malibu by Anderson Pock. I think even though we started the podcast after this album came out, we've managed to talk about it a ton, so I'll keep it brief. But it just very 
his talent seeps through the entire album um, while kind of switching up genres in like during individual songs um, and throughout the album with just a ton of features that all work really well. Uh, it's a very interesting kind of genre blending experiment that really announced Anderson Pock as like the presence on the scene. And I love it. It's very good. Yeah, it's a a very, very good album and a hip hop album that uh has live instrumentals. Um and yeah. you can you can feel it getting pieced together and uh he's just such a unique story and talent and uh person. Um I I do love this album. And it has yeah. like a I say hip hop, but it's like a great hybrid between hip hop, R and B indie rock there's just so much happening it's hard it's, to yeah nail down yeah it's not but. it's it's genreless really it's just kind of uh it's a hybrid amongst like just music um, crossover potential yeah uh not on my list but do love that album yeah so another uh i'll just say this seeing it live it was like crazy seeing him just walk away from the mic and go up to the empty drum set the first time during this set like you could just feel like the audience like like hold their breath and it's like oh my god he's gonna do it he's gonna play the drums he's gonna <laughs> was, start yeah it was it is cool um because yeah he plays the drums and then keeps singing and rapping and just like drum soloing then he hops down and gets back up a couple songs later just wild quite the showman quite the showman uh all right number seven for me uh is swimming by mac miller um so i get a very an album that holds a special place uh kind of in my heart in like time that it came out like a just absolutely devastating story of someone who is incredibly talented and reached the the pinnacle of their career at the time and was like about to take potentially another step forward into stardom and kind of art artistry. Uh, and it's just an extremely personal album. And now that you listen to it, but kind of like posthumously, um, it's, it really hits, it hits hard. So I love, I love this album. Definitely top 10 for me. Yeah, I respect that. Uh, I have a hard time listening to it now. But... Yeah, that, I think that's totally fair. Which, yeah, isn't like a critique of the album in any way. It's just me personally. Oh, yeah, that. sometimes when you listen to something, you don't want to feel <laughs> um, yeah. like, like that. I mean, I get it. I get it. I like putting myself through that pain. It makes me feel alive, you know? <laughs> Kind of having those emotions, but uh, so yeah, swimming by Mac Miller. All right, number six. Number six for me is Jesus. Okay. Um, touchdown. Number six to you. I yeah, I don't have anything more to say about. Oh no, sorry, I did not understand that segue. <laughs> nope, yeah, uh, yeah, Jesus is great. We just talked about it, so uh, good with it there. Um, my number six, and I'm assuming it'll come up on yours as well, is Acid Rap by Chance. 
It is on my list. Uh, again, a very interesting album in, uh, I guess, streaming culture, mixtape culture. Uh, it is one of the best albums that's been released in the last 10 years. Independent, launched Chance's career into what he is now. And I don't like his last album, his first, I guess, I don't know, studio hold. Not studio, but you know, debut album, if you yeah, will. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. Um, and this is just like it's so crazy to hear someone who's that young and that unproven put something so polished and something so incredible together uh, and release it on his own independently. Um, and this album, for me, was an introduction into a lot of my favorite Chicago artists or kind of chance. Uh, friends uh, in the chance realm so like donald glover childish gambino vic mensa joey perp uh no name there's just a lot of mm -hmm. this was a, a great introduction for me into the chicago uh independent hip-hop scene and music scene in general yeah i think the save money connection there was like probably one of his strongest and really shines um cool to so yeah i had i had listened to 10 day and like was like oh it's you know fine but there was just so much buzz for whatever reason like leading up to acid rap that i listened to it when it came out that day and i just i remember i was like sitting at my table in my apartment listening to it and like i remember exactly where i was because yeah it's one of my all-time favorite albums uh just the the poppy like summer sound that is kind of drug tinged throughout paired with his uh his like lyricism and technical rapping i don't think he's ever like hit that level again on the whole project which is yeah he was he it was just such a fully formed vision that it's we complain that he hasn't done anything as good as that again but it's you know that's kind of hard to do <laughs> right i mean again yeah he released it at i don't know he was right around 20 years old i don't know how exactly old he was independently and amongst all the other, you know, studio-backed, uh, huge artists with, like, pedigrees and history, for me, is, like, a top six album of the last ten years. And, mm -hmm. it, it, like, that, he lived off of that album for a very long time. He headlined Pitchfork. He headlined uh, Lollapalooza. Like, in Chicago, he's just, like, this crazy, uh, like, just person. Yeah, and uh, I think that's incredible. Off of yeah, something like this, worn off a little bit. Yeah, with the sheen, but it, there was like a time, kind of probably right before the coloring book release, that he was like a, was like a mythological figure in Chicago. Like, yeah, he was, he was massive. He was huge, man. He was just absolutely huge. So, I love acid rap. Number six for me. All right, moving on. Uh, number five for you, Mark. That would be Celebration Rock by the Japan Droids, or just Japan Droids, I guess. Uh, front to back, 
eight songs, 35 minutes, just rips all the way through. Yeah, that hits your uh, exact like length. That would be perfect for a, a Mark yeah, yeah. album. Uh, they're all just... Like, the house that Heaven built might be... Personally for me, like, that's just an all-time jock jam. I, it sucks that the Canucks um, used it as their opening song while they were the, the hated rivals of the Blackhawks, but excellent stadium sound for a band that I don't think has really played any stadiums of note. Mm, but there's, yeah, there's some introspection on it that I I enjoy at times and don't necessarily get super into just because it, it just rocks so hard. It's just, just such a good, like, no-nonsense, just two guys jamming out album. Yeah, I th- I, uh, I'll never forget seeing them live at Pitchfork and just absolutely just blew my face off. Just melted. It's, I melted away into the summer so, heat afternoon. So much sound for two guys. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the loudest experiences I've ever had and just one of the best live shows I've ever seen. So, uh, yeah, shout out Japan Droids. Yeah. Highly recommend seeing them if, if you enjoy loud yeah. rock yeah. music anytime they're nearby. Go see them live. Um Okay, my number five. We're getting into the the top five now. This is a yeah, the real prestigious. Yeah, uh, number five for me is pure heroin uh, or heroin, however you uh, pronounce the second word there. From Lord, uh, her debut album uh, back in the early part of this decade. Um, she just has such an amazing sound, uh, and. It's just such a an amazing feat to kind of deliver this album as your debut album, uh, mm-hmm. and she just, yeah, I don't know. That's really all I have to say. Is it, it's incredible, uh, and Royals is one of the best songs ever. I it's just like an amazing ballad song. Um, Tennis courts also an amazing track, uh, and she did this again so young. Uh, love this album. It's really all I've got. I think it's amazing. Yeah, uh, I will say, after settling on my top 10, I realized that there were no uh, female artists projects on there, and I'm aware of that. I just wanted to to note that. I I was just like, oh, that's unfortunate, (laughs) but play where it lies, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't going to just, like, force Lemonade onto there just because, but... Yeah, I think that's... uh, I did feel a little bit bad. That's okay. Way to be self-aware. Just that, you know, this year-end list in 2019, when we do yeah. that in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, my year-end list, I'll include them. Great. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right, number four. All right. Is, for me, uh, one half of them was mentioned earlier on my list, Run the Jewels 2. Uh, just, again, another shorter project that uh, I really just expertly paced album uh, that you know all the way through you're not you're not encountering a track that 
is skippable. And the, the opening, say, four songs from Jeopardy to Close Your Eyes are just like melt your face off rap songs. Then it slows down like a bit and then just like kicks back into gear again and then closes with a thinker. Uh, just, yeah, phenomenally paced. And I think LP does. You can tell he spends a lot of time on sequencing and how tracks kind of go in and out of each other throughout an album. And it really like shows on this project, especially. Yeah. Ditto to everything you say, um, or said right there. Uh, this was my introduction into run the jewels, uh, kind of your introduction into them, your introduction to, for me into the band. That's what I was trying to get out of my, uh this ipa is hitting <laughs> sunday night scaries uh but no just a, as you mentioned incredibly paced they're both so talented and i think what's across all three run the jewels projects it's so clear how much fun they have performing and making music together like never yeah. there's never one song that feels forced or uh just kind of hand delivered versus no. it's it is so pure and i think that's what's really amazing about this if i had to expand my list to 20 i think rtj2 would be on there yeah that's uh, i think at least one or three would probably be in my top 20 as well yeah and three i mean seeing that live was so fun uh panther mm -hmm. like a panther is <laughs> just an absolute smash yeah. live smash yeah and uh, I don't like keep going back to like, well, seeing it live, but because uh, I do think at a certain point, like the album should be able to stand on its own. Yeah, but to own. your to your point of like them enjoying this and working together, that like they're just like all smiles up on the stage and like bro hugging each other throughout the set, even though it's like their like thirtieth show of the two burgers. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's so true. Uh, they have a lot of fun together. All right. What are we on? Number four. Um, so for me, that is Channel Orange by Frank. I don't think I have to say a lot more. Frank Ocean's incredibly talented. Um, every single one of these songs is just so perfect. <laughs> They're, he's, he's, it's like all I really have to say. He's amazing. All right. Yeah, we can move on. Go to number three. On to our final stretch here. So my number three is uh, Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick. You know, I had to include a Kendrick album, and this is still my favorite. Um, it's when you use cinematic to describe an album, this is what I think of. It like firmly plants you wherever in Compton they are based on the individual track. Like, it's so descriptive and uh, just like evocative of what he's experiencing. That Like you can like feel yourself like in the car, like driving around with them on the art of peer pressure. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I think that uh, To Pimp a Butterfly and Down certainly are excellent albums uh, and have their kind of own different merits 
Uh, but for me, this is still his best. This album was probably the most difficult for me to leave out of my top 10. Uh, and I think you could make a case to have it in number one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, swimming pools, backseat freestyle, poetic justice, bitch don't kill my vibe. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. And, like, it's four absolute great songs. J Rock's verse on Money Trees is probably like top five verses of the decade, if we're being honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's such like a good insane. song. I forgot about that song. Oh man, yeah, like there, there are just so many tracks on here. Um, Kendrick is is really the best, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. Uh, all right, number three for me is "Lemonade" by Beyonce. Uh, I love this album. Uh, I listen to it frequently. Uh, it's an amazing empowerment album. Uh, Beyonce has delivered a lot of amazing music over the years, but I think like cohesively all together, this is her best work. Uh, with like the the visuals, um, kind of her live performances during this run, uh, for Lemonade, kind of all culminate and like come together to deliver like what I think is one of the best albums in like just years in the decade for her Mm -hmm. uh i would say the only con i don't want to say con but i do think it's worth bringing up is like whether or not the jay-z beyonce uh 444 lemonade uh the carters trifecta was all kind of like well planned out and schemed together which I think there's like, yeah. you know, you can make... Could be a little bit of both. Yeah, there's just, you know, a lot of weird circumstances that happen. But taking all that out of it, uh, this is one of the best albums I've ever heard. So, shout out Lemonade. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, it's probably top 12 or 15. It's right, right outside the top 10. It is, I mean, she like... With this release, certainly, and yeah, as you mentioned, the performances after just the the visual component put such a big emphasis on it, and like really pushed that along with the album. And uh, yeah, well, do you remember when this came out on HBO, and you and I just like sat yeah, and watched we, it? Yeah, it was an event. I mean, it was like yeah, it was an event, and I don't remember a lot of. Uh, musical where, works yeah, that where you been were, like that. yeah yes i yeah i was on um i, I forgot the color of the couch the white couch <laughs> <laughs> i was on the couch um yeah right. it was definitely an event what oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there go ahead no i was just like she she made dropping what is really just like an extended music video uh, event because nobody knew what it was and it was like oh it's like the whole album and there's you know music videos for each song yeah just an incredible like piece of artists art uh, artistic work yeah number three for me go ahead number two number two um acid rap 
which I don't have much more to say on that. So what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Uh, I I think this is my favorite Kendrick. Well, okay, obviously, last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite Kendrick album. Uh, but just when it was delivered in kind of the political landscape we're in uh, here and his role in being like a poet through music uh, and just being so well thought and spoken and he's, he's just amazing. Um, that's really all I've got. Again, Good Kid, Bad City was really hard for me to leave off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this to me is like a one cohesive uh, project is my favorite of all of his work. And every piece of his work is like a concept album. It's always, there's so many ties that bring everything together. Uh, and this one in particular was just like, I remember going through the album and then like a week later, everyone trying to figure out like, uh, if you actually listen to it from the back to the front, it's like he's living his entire life. And if you listen to it from the front to the back, it's him like, you know, dying and being reborn. And there's just like all these crazy Reddit theories of every song. Right. And it's just like, I've never had an artist that provokes that kind of thought. And it's, it's wild to me that he can make something that, that creates that. Yeah. I mean, I think certainly for me, and I feel like that was the general impression was off the first listen. It's sort of like, Oh, he just released like a hip hop album. Like it's just the first Kendrick album without like a kind of concept behind it. And then all that stuff started, you know, floating towards the top. And people, yeah, like it's like the the cycle and the sequencing is like, oh, well, it can go backwards then. And like, well, yeah, people then were, people were speculating when does Nation come out? <laughs> yeah. Well, then there's that like was, that was a fun. The, all the odd the songs go together. All the even songs go together. It, like all that shit is just like a wild experience to to like yeah. do. I, it's just it's crazy. So that's number two for me. All right, um, I believe number one is the same. Layer, yeah, layer of cards on the table. Uh, Dark twisted fantasy. Same. <laughs> it's you know I like. I could ramble on for a while, and I will try not to. It's just this grand, ambitious album that, like, now even the the recording sections have been like mythologized, and everybody. Anytime he's in the studio, people try and compare his recording conditions to like what he did for this album. And, like every everything he does now is measured against this, which is like the sign of any good album, I guess, which we've kind of alluded to with some of these other ones, but it's just an incredible, like, grandiose, I guess you would call it, just overstuffed with features, and every song is long and run length, but it, it doesn't feel like it, and everything has its place. Yeah, I, I suck in everything you just said. Uh, it's a beautiful piece of work, um, and like take out kind of the the fall of Kanye from where he was when he released this to kind of like how we perceive him now uh, is so drastically different. He 
he really just delivered like one of the greatest albums I think yeah. of all time. And for that to be a hip hop album when like a lot of people would have shit on hip hop as a quote real form of music. Um, well, like, he was kind of in a PR rut when this came. Yeah. Out so too. right before this came out, he went through um, breaking up the Taylor Swift speech at the uh, VMAs, I believe it was, uh, mm. when he wanted Beyonce to win. Um, he very publicly uh, stopped his engagement with his uh, fiance, started dating Amber Rose. Like, there's just like so many things started happening, and he spiraled into kind of a, a very, very poor PR perception in like the, the world, and then delivered this, which is just like, I don't know, there, there's so a lot, there's so much to unpack. And there are podcasts that have delivered, that have like, you know, dissected every song every piano riff every uh sequence of verses etc etc and really is an amazing album yeah i i don't have a whole lot more to say it's you know we mentioned yeezus as being uh, in my opinion his last good album but this is certainly the peak and uh I it feels like the last album where he used ghostwriters because his lyrics are good um and everybody else well, you didn't like, like lyrics <laughs> I mean they're funny but you can tell that they're Kanye written um closed down Yeah they're it. like th- like mythological like to use that word again like verses like Nikki's first on Monster is she's been chasing that her whole career. <laughs> Seriously, that's the best Nicki Minaj verse in any of her work ever. It's... She did her just herself a disservice by doing that. Like, well, everybody, like I do it too. It's like, ah, well, she's no monster. <laughs> yeah, there's two, there's so many songs on here that if you had to put together like your your top. 20 50 favorite songs of the decade you probably put half this album on there runaway is an amazing song monsters incredible uh gorgeous is great we don't have to go through the whole thing but yeah just all of the lights is there's so much to unpack in the lyrics itself but like just what a fucking banger you know like what Mm -hmm. an absolute smash of a song yeah it's they're like kind of grand artistic songs but also like yeah bangers yeah they really are they were like they were party songs oh yeah there are party songs in here even a runaway which is an incredibly sad song like all that got played at so much in college like you come back home drunk and like you just hear that piano like everyone sings that you know even if even if it's so devastatingly sad but (laughs) i mean it's nuts that's all I got. Yeah, I don't have much more. Like, yeah, like I said, I can ramble on, but I'll cut it short. Uh, do, do yeah, so that's the, that's the top ten of the decade. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back in a, a couple weeks here with our favorite albums of uh, this specific year, 2019.